The Politocrat Daily Podcast is now on Pandora. It's great to be part of the Pandora family. You can listen to this podcast right now on Pandora or wherever you get your podcasts. So please subscribe and thank you for your support. Look, thousands of Americans are dying a day. Our lives have been turned upside down and they're doing nothing in Washington. David Perdue had his chance, but he was too busy looking after his stock portfolio. And now he's blocking relief for the rest of us. We can defeat this virus by listening to doctors and scientists. We can pass direct economic relief. We can get our daily lives back, but only if we vote. I'm John Ossoff and I approve this message. People sometimes ask me why a pastor would decide to run for the U.S. Senate. My answer is simple. I've always felt that my impact does not stop at the church door. That's actually where it starts. And I love this country and believe that what makes America so great is that we've always had a path to make it greater. I'm Raphael Warnock, and whether you congregate in a church, synagogue, or at kitchen tables across Georgia, we can all agree that Washington could use some moral leadership. That's why I approve this message. Welcome to The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. It is Wednesday, December the 30th, 2020. On this edition of The Politocrat, the three most significant news stories of 2020. Rose Scott of WABE Radio in Atlanta, the NPR affiliate, and myself will be here to talk about the three most significant news stories of 2020. She will pick three, and I will pick three. And we will also talk about the person or persons who's passing away in 2020 impacted us the most. All of that, coming up next. Um, I have the real pleasure and honor on this edition of the Politocrat Daily Podcast to reintroduce to you someone who has been a guest before. And in the recent past, indeed, it is Rose Scott, none other than the incomparable Rose <laughs> Scott. She is the, she's the Emmy award-winning and Murrow award-winning journalist, broadcaster. And she can, of course, be found on WABE Radio in Atlanta, Georgia, the NPR, National Public Radio affiliate. She has a wonderful show on there called Closer Look, Closer Look with Rose Scott. And she's with me here again, Rose. Thank you so very much indeed. Omar, it's a pleasure. How are you? I'm very well in yourself. I'm ready for 2020 to go kick rocks and I'm ready for 2021 to you know, magically everything won't uh, get fixed, but at least it's always nice to think of a new year as a, a clean slate, you know? Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And we are here, you and I, to talk about what for us were the most significant news stories of 2020. Um, we will each give our three stories, one after the other. We may have a little discussion on each of those. 
Um, and also we'll talk as well about uh, a story, a person or someone who impacted us, who is no longer here, who passed away during this calendar year as well. I just want to say to those listening that uh, Rose and I have not had any discussion about our specific choices. So this is going to be a bit less scripted than perhaps um, Rose might be used to as a, an award-winning uh, broadcaster. Um, <laughs> so I just want to let the audience know that we're going to just do what we can here um, and just have some conversation about our choices. Rose, would you like to go first or should I go first? Uh, you go first. All right. <laughs> Put me on the spot there. Well, you know, um, yeah. you, you, you like that. So let's do that. Um, the, the story for me, um, one of the most impactful stories for me is quite frankly, one I think that is going to be true for almost everybody. It's going to be the coronavirus and how we've dealt with that over these last 10 and a half months or so. Um, the coronavirus pandemic hit the United States. I'd say in earnest, it hit in, in, in late February, the 29th of February, a leap day specifically that I always will remember because that was the first time news came out that someone had actually passed away from the coronavirus up in Washington, in Kirkland, Washington, in a nursing home. That was where the first death had been at least officially reported. And, uh, you know, the, the virus has been with us now for 10 months. And the thing, Rose, that really, uh, really affects me, and I'm sure affects you, is the fact that not only have so many hundreds of thousands of people now died from this virus, but it's also how the federal government, Donald Trump et al, um, have handled this. And also a number of the governors, particularly the Republican governors, in, in, in a number of states have also dealt with this that have actually, I think, exacerbated the amount of loss of life, to say the very least. Um, so that's my number one story of the first of the three. Um, that, that has left a profound change in the way we lead our lives. Um, all of us have been touched by this, uh, by the story, by the virus. We probably know somebody or know of people who've had it who have it, maybe we ourselves may have had it. Listeners may know someone who in their family has had it or passed away from it. So that's the story for me, Rose, that is one of the biggest three stories of 2020. Okay, well, I, I definitely know that we agree in, in terms of obviously this one because the coronavirus, the pandemic, and then how the nation responded, I think from a public health policy standpoint as well. So I lump all those in as, as like my top story. And I think um, for a lot of people, um, depending on where you where you lived in the, in the nation, um, messaging was so important. You know, um, I think for some people who just sort of follow whatever the elected leaders tell them, that is gospel for them. Um, whether it's, and that could be local and it could be the White House, uh, but I do think a majority of the nation, I do believe a majority of the nation did want to follow the science, did want to follow what the health experts were saying, what the infectious disease experts were saying. You know, I'm not a mechanic. Do you want me working on your car? Probably not, you know. 
Um, so I, for me, it was it was the coronavirus, and then how this nation you know, responded. Um, and it, and I know for a lot of people, it, it was um, it was disappointing. You know, I, and I talked to a lot of people. It was disappointing. Uh, I understand about economic, um, the economy being a big part of it. Folks have to work. I get that. Um, folks need to work. Um, but if your population is dying off, you ain't gonna be no. There won't be no folk to work, right? So, um, I, I think that for me, you know, the, the 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 virus obviously, but then how this nation from a from a government standpoint, how they responded was was a really big was really telling. And you can go either way you want with that. Um, so yeah, for me, because you're right. Uh, what three hundred thousand plus lives were lost. Um, and how many, how many hospitalizations? Uh, now we're hearing that most states do not have enough ICU beds. Here in Georgia, we are turning one of our uh, World Congress, called the Georgia World Congress Center, uh, which is a big convention center in a sense. And you know they're, they're gonna be housing like an overflow. Mm. You know? So what does that tell you? Mm. That even in December, this is where we've come. You know, I remember back in, in February when I think we only had a, less than five, you know, confirmed cases in this country. Maybe, 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 maybe 10, I'm not sure, but you know, it, it was, it was definitely less than, than 15. And then now here in what, December, how many confirmed cases? Right, right. You know, oh, yes. millions upon millions upon millions. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and to add to what you also said, uh, we were going um, as recently as this month and prior months um, up a million cases in less than five days. I mean, a million more people infected with this virus in less than five days. I mean, this is um, we are going through some real hell with this virus. Yeah. Um, and so I know I'm, I'm with you 100 percent on that, Rose. Um, so you agree with me on that story. That's is that yours or is that just you responding to my story? Or no, no, that's my that's 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 that's. I mean, I have my three right here. Um, right. Was that was the first one. I mean, I can't imagine if you ask anybody. Um, well, maybe people out there. I don't know. Maybe some people say no. It was the election, but um, <laughs> we, we don't normally have we don't normally have a pandemic in this nation. Um, right. So. Usually you want to go with the, the, the unprecedented. So I went with that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Should I go again first or would you like to this time? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, this is All fun. Right. Okay, yeah. great. Uh, and I appreciate this. Um, I know the audience, um, I'm sure, uh, who, listening, who are listening have their ideas too. But I would think that pretty much everybody listening would agree with us um, that the coronavirus pandemic is really the, the number one story. I, there's no question about that in my mind, at least. Uh, I'm pretty confident that we can, we can say that here. Um, well, the number two story uh, of significance um, for me in 2020, Rose, um, you know, it's a close call here, um, but I'm going to say the uh, Black Lives Matter movement and the way that the movement mobilized in some really um, powerful ways, and not just in the United States, this is all over the globe. And of course, the, the, the touchstone 
for this was the uh, execution of George Floyd, um, a young black man who um, there was some dispute as to whether there was some kind of counterfeit bill. It really doesn't quite frankly matter what the situation was. Everybody listening knows that George Floyd should still be alive today. There is absolutely no reason on God's green earth why Minneapolis police officers should have murdered him, executed him, um, with one of them in particular, with his knee on the neck of this young man for more, almost 10 minutes. So, you know, that's really the touchstone of this. And the way that this movement became, uh, I think, a political movement, and I think it's going to continue to have effects on the way the political apparatus, in terms of some of the elected officials and how they behave and how they respond, at least in this short term, Rose, are going to react to things. I know there's been there's been some pushback with some people in some of the political parties, but there's no question in my mind, Rose, that this movement, mobilizing different ages, generations, races, genders, all kinds of people, all over the world, um, made a major impact. There were some changes that were made. Um, some people may call them symbolic or cosmetic. Um, in some instances, there were legislative changes made, it, made in New York State. I can think of some of those. Uh, and a number of places, I know the House of Representatives passed a bill called the George Floyd Justice in Policing Act. Um, I guarantee you that they would not have passed this bill had not millions of people been in the streets after this horrifying murder and execution. So for me, Rose, I do look at the Black Lives Matter movement um, as an entity that hopefully will continue on in this renewed and reinvigorated manner um, beyond this year and into next, but also become a political force as well so that you can get people who can move from uh, mobilization in the streets, but continue it into positions of political prominence and leadership, I think that would also be a major push for this movement. So that's my uh, other story, number two story of this calendar year, Rose. Yeah, I mean, for me too, it's, it's, um, it, it's, it's a combination, it's a hybrid, it's the, it's the movement, um, but it's also the, re, the reaction of the nation um, to the movement that, that was a little bit, I won't call it bittersweet, I'm not sure that's the best way to define it, but it was almost as if here we go again, you know, you have to have images or, or imagery to convince some people. You know, I just talked about this, I had a conversation with Mike Ware Dyson about this uh, just last week. And, you know, we've been here before, Omar, as a nation. Uh, we were here before after civil right after the Civil War. You know, we were here, you know, doing Jim Crow. You know, we're here uh, th throughout segregation. We're here through the 60s, the Civil Rights Movement. You know, we've been here before. And I guess what's different when all the people that I talk to agree is that you have a, a very diverse collective of folks who were in for the cause, so to speak, you know, now Will these folks continue this next year? You know, I always say, if you're going to be woke, be woke. Don't just be woke in the, in the moment. You know, if you're going to be woke, stay woke throughout all of it. 
because folks like John Lewis and C.T. Vivian and, and Reverend Laurie, who we lost this year, you know, they ran it for more than 50 years and still fighting. So for me, it's the reaction to the Black Lives Matter movement. And for me, it's what, what is next? What are the actual outcomes that comes out of this? You know, um, and I think that will, is still yet to, to be seen. So um, when I think about the folks that I, I interviewed at, you know, as it relates to a man that was shot and killed here by the police and all the circumstances around it, you know, there are different sides related to that in terms of Rayshard Brooks, but Ahmaud Arbery, you know, um, Breonna Taylor, you know, Elijah McClain, you know, George Floyd, and we keep saying, say their names. Well, we still say Emmett Till's name, you know? Right. We're still saying a lot of folks' names. So it's nothing new, America. But the question is, you know, what comes out of this, this moment, this movement? It was the largest one we have witnessed since the civil rights movement, you know? So yeah, to be continued. Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. Um, uh, and you, you said it in the way you, you always do, clearly and declaratively and in the excellent way you always do, Rose. One of the reasons I um, have you on here. And, and um, uh, yeah, I think the component that you add is so important because, yeah, it's one thing to have a movement. The to be continued part is actually the most important part. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's been continuing since the 1960s, you know, and there's been right. some achievements, but then there's still been some of the same, you know, disparities and inequities. And, you know, look, I mean, it goes on and on. So, yeah. And, and yes, and certainly uh, has been going on, if you really look back even before the 1960s, the perpetual movements um, uh, of black people in this country have gone on forever. Abolitionist movement, all, all manner of things. But I, but I take your point, obviously, Rose. I, I know exactly um, where you're going and what you mean. Um, and it's all uh, very, very clear as you put it. Um, this, is, this, is a, this is huge and we will see because it's funny. I, I do wanna add something. Mm -hmm. I think about in Portland, Oregon, the wall of my, I don't mean to pick on them, but I, I, I do want to mention this as an example to your point about to be continued. The wall of mums. I don't know if you recall them. Um, very prominent. Uh, it's a movement, I think, that they still existed as an organization. Um, but I remember very prominently, I believe it was uh, in September, August, August, September area or there around, they got a lot of publicity. And uh, we don't hear very much now and we will see if we hear from them and others in 2021 when god forbid but we all know it's going to be some police doing or some white mob you know that's going to do this and and end the lives of of someone who is black in this country um you know in a in this brutal way and we will see who who does stand up with us we'll see we'll see yeah. Um, number three story. Would you like to offer yours or should I do it? Ah, we got a good thing going. Go ahead, Omar. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay Rose. We'll do. We'll do. Um, the number three one for me. And this um, belongs 
under the heading of infrastructure. And that is to do with, it's really, a, I'm cheating here a little bit, but it's part of the same thing as why I said it's under the heading infrastructure, is dealing with number one, the general election um, regarding the coup attempt that was foisted upon us all. Um, number two, the US Supreme Court and how the Republican Senate rammed through Amy Coney Barrett. And part three of that number three story is the impeachment trial, or I call it the impeachment sham trial of Donald Trump back in February of this year, where Mitch McConnell and the Republican Senate once again, in this instance, did the, th the thing that has never been done to the best of my knowledge in American history, and maybe it has been done, but I'm not aware of it, is not call a single witness in a trial. Now, I'm sure when it comes to Black people, we have probably had situations where some of us have been put on trial and not had any witnesses called against us um, in more informal settings than courts. But in the case of in, the, in a courtroom or even in a political trial like this, there was not one witness ever called. And we know Anita Baker, um, excuse me, Anita Hill, going back to 1991, she didn't have some of her witnesses to testify, but there were witnesses in that whole Clarence Thomas and Eta Hill hearing. But in this impeachment trial of Donald J. Trump, there was not one witness called. And that's just part of my, of my story, those three things. And the point of the reason why I have that as my story, Rose, is it talks, it's about the breakdown not for the first time, but in 2020, that people who pay attention can see the breakdown of any kind of governmental institutional uh, apparatus, apparatus, these things are supposed to go in this order of proper functioning. It's never gonna be perfect. We've seen issues like this before, but these three things, and there have been others people will point to, I will, 2000. I, I call that a coup, quite frankly. If you look at the election of 2000 with Al Gore and George W. Bush and how Catherine Harris, the Secretary of State in Florida, did what she did there to purge uh, hundreds, you know, 100,000 almost black people off the voter rolls, Jeb Bush and his role as Florida government, governor, and then the U.S. Supreme Court in 2000 that told Florida to stop counting votes. I, you can you could agree or disagree with me that that is a coup. This was a blatant coup attempt. Um, Florida was closer in 2000. This was with states in 2020, Rose, that were not close contests, generally speaking. And it was an attack on black voters in these five or four or five states. And you know which states they are. One of them is the state that you are in right now in Georgia. So those are mine for number three. Yeah, well, you know, um, I think you have valid points there. <laughs> I think uh, what's going to be interesting before I get to my number three is, you know, obviously all eyes will be on Georgia um, next Tuesday. Uh, by the way, I'll be hosting uh, NPR's national coverage, so hopefully, they'll, hopefully they'll carry it out there at KQED. So, um, but um, you know, for me, my number three, Omar, is, is it's again, it's a collective, it's, but it's more of a, it's not a person, it's a, I guess it's more of a, a thing, and that's the human spirit. Um, 
because we saw a lot of people um, show compassion and humanity to help others, uh, not just with the coronavirus, but all of the the tentacles are tied to it. You know, a lot of people needed food. A lot of people needed shelter. Um, and so I, I take those folks and I take the, the health care folks on the front line, uh, to all of them, you know, they deserve some recognition. Um, I can't imagine what it's like to go into an environment every day where you're surrounded or potentially surrounded by death. You know, I talk to many physicians and, and nurses about this. Um, I talk to people who contracted the virus and, and how scared they were. And all of them talked about how blessed they felt. I'm trying to keep my cat from jumping up on the, uh, in front, you see his tail? <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> so, um, you know, they all talked about how grateful they were to the medical and, and support staff that helped them while they were, you know, in the hospital. Um, there's a college president here uh, of Adams Scott College who contracted the virus and who was in ICU for a while. And she talked about how you know, grateful she was to the medical staff. Um, I talked to people who, you know, talked about the fact that they needed food and that they needed assistance and how local organizations came together. So to me, it's the human spirit, you know? Um, we all have, I think, that thread of compassion and humanity within us. The question is, do we show it? You know, do we exercise it? So um, for me, yeah, that was, that, that's my number three, the human spirit. Uh, and um, I really, um, I really do think that the choice that listeners that you've just heard from Rose is, I think, I mean, it's, it says it all. I think that um, the human spirit is, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. That's, that's probably the best choice of, um, of all the choices that, that we've gone through, the six choices total that we've gone through is the human spirit because at the end of the day that is exactly um, what holds people together what what moves us or what doesn't depending on um, what that spirit is and where it takes us and uh, I totally agree Rose that's um, I must say that that's probably the best choice <laughs> of all the six um, and um, yeah I, I would I couldn't have put it any better than you um, and you, as you point out, you have interviewed a lot of people around these things. And um, the other thing, and I think you touched on it a little bit earlier, perhaps, mental health. I think that um, that is going to be part of that too. And it continues to be. Um, and uh, we don't talk about mental health enough in this country, not nearly enough here in the United States. And, uh, and particularly, quite frankly, men uh, largely um, often do not deal with this, uh, and 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 th there's a cost to that too. Um, but in terms of what you said about um, the human spirit, <laughs> right on target. I totally agree. Um, now, 
I would like, um, what we're going to do now uh, is talk about the passing of a person, um, or, you know, or persons, but typically one person or persons um, in 2020. We lost so many people, uh, people we know, people we don't know, people who are famous, people who aren't. Uh, I just wanted to tell the audience that that's what we're, Rose and I are going to do next is, is each come up with um, a person from 2020 or people from 2020 who um, their passing that affected us the most or that impacted us the most. And I'm going to ask again, Rose, what do you think? Uh, would you like to go first or should I? Um, I can go first. Um, I mean, mine is, um, this one's very personal um, because it's my sister, Connie. Um, she did. She did not uh, pass away from uh, complications of COVID, but she did have cancer. And um, I think for, not I think for me it was not being able to to be with her, um, you know, in, in those last months due to COVID restrictions and things of that nature. Um, I will say this, just going back to the human spirit, her hospice nurses were just absolutely phenomenal, just amazing uh, people who, you know, would FaceTime or, or who would talk with me. Um, so uh, for me, it, it was just because my sister Connie's always been kind of the, you know, there, I have I had a lot, of, a lot of siblings, there were 10 of us. And even just after losing a brother in December of last year, and then we, we lost Connie in May of this year. So she was, you know, you always have that one sibling that, that keeps everybody together, you know, that, mm -hmm. that you know, will, she can hug you or she can tear you off when you get on her nerves. So, you know, um, and for me, it was, um, when I think of 2020 and I think of all the stuff that's happened from the pandemic to politics, to protests. And, and I know that I, I, I am not alone for, there were so many people who lost loved ones due to COVID. I think about the two uh, young men who lost their lives in, in Wisconsin who were murdered. You know, loss is a, is a you know, it's, it's a hell of a thing, right? Um, mm -hmm. And so for me, just for my sister, you know, and I, and I knew that she knew that, you know, she was respected and well-loved, but there's just something about when you lose your, your big sister, you know, um, someone that you've always uh, admired and you, you've had different paths, you know, um, you've taken different roads in life, but that's okay. So for me, when I do think of 2020, I will think of her passing, but it, it won't be, a, it won't be a sad thing. It'll be, it'll be good memories and, and to know that uh, even with technology, I mean, look, I'm, I'm always fussing about technology. Technology can ruin people, but you know, due to technology, we did, I did have an avenue to, you know, spend some time with her. So um, for me, it was my sister, Connie. Well, I do want to say, Rose, my uh, deepest condolences to you, you on the loss of your sister, Connie. Uh, I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, and may her memory be a true and sincere loving blessing to you and to to the, to the rest of your family. And I'm really sorry also for the loss of your brother from the, from the prior year. Uh, loss is a, a profound thing. And, it, um, and, and we cope, um, we grieve, we mourn. And as you, I think, alluded to, 
uh, or at least people have alluded to this. Um, you appreciate someone's life and you celebrate the meaning of their life and celebrate them as people, even as you mourn. But those things may not happen at the same time. Um, sure. You know, so uh, again, I do want to say thank you for sharing that because that's very personal. Um, um, and I, I, again, my profound uh, condolences to you and your family on, on the loss of your sister, Connie. Thank you. Um, for me, um, I think it's, there are a number of people who I think people would talk about. Um, some people might say Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the Supreme Court Justice. Some people might say John Lewis. Um, and some people may say someone else, Chadwick Boseman. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in the UK, some people might say Dame Barbara Windsor mm -hmm. uh, or Dame Vera Lynn. Uh, yeah. People of that effect that mean a lot to the country as well as to individuals. But for me, I'm literally going to go with the people we don't know, those 330,000 yeah. people who passed away in this country, and for that matter, the nearly 2 million people globally who passed away from this virus. And of course, people passed away from other things, as you've alluded to. Um, but for me this year, nothing in terms of loss had the impact on me, as did the, particularly here in this country, 330,000 plus people. Mm -hmm. um, Rose, I did a, a, a podcast episode back in May, just before Memorial Day, actually, um, the day before on the Sunday of that weekend, Memorial Day weekend here in 2020, where I read out a number of names, hundreds mm -hmm. of names from the front page and inside page of the New York Times. And um, that page on that Sunday had all of these names at the time. And it was at the time, 100,000 people. And it took me an hour to read X amount of hundreds of names. I read out where they were from, I believe, as well, and their ages. Mm. My whole thing is, is that we have to, in a year of such loss, with these 330,000 people and counting, put names and faces uh, to these numbers. Because mm -hmm. I fear, and I think you would agree, that we collectively, not all of us, but a lot of us have become numb. And it's a very dangerous place to be, even though it's a human place to be because people do get numb, but they should never get numb. And I really hope um, that the media, some of the main corporate news media, um, change the equation and put names and faces and photographs of people who departed. So for me, um, Rose, nothing um, was more devastating to me than the fact that 330,000 plus people have died and left us this year alone. Yeah, yeah. Coronavirus, that's, that's my number one in terms of the, the impact of people who have passed away. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, that, you know, we, I wish there was a way we could, you know, say all of their names and, and you know, it kind of it reminds you after 9-11 you know, and how as a nation we made sure that we were going to um, have some type of memorial or, you know, some type of recognition 
of of these folks. And I think, you know, as as we get through this and maybe when we get beyond it or behind it, as they say, or around it, whatever it's going to be, uh, then maybe there will be a way to from a national standpoint to 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 honor all these folks, you know, maybe a, a memorial somewhere that has all their names, you know, engraved, or even if it's something digital, you know, that's where technology comes in, right? It sure does. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, my goodness me, um, it's really been something. Um, what a year we've had. What a year this planet has had, and. Um, I know some people would talk about the general election and the triumph of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, but to me, I think the choices that we have both talked about, I think are quite larger and even more important, I think, because we have to stay connected and rooted to these stories. These are profound stories. And um, I really want to thank you so very much for your time, Rose, and, and for, for being here, for coming on. It's, it's just an honor. Again, uh, Rose, thank you so much indeed. Rose Scott, of course. Rose Scott is the broadcaster extraordinaire journalist and an award-winning journalist, Emmy Murrow, the incomparable Rose Scott of WABE Radio in Atlanta, Georgia. Of course, the NPR affiliate there, National Public Radio her wonderful show, Closer Look with Rose Scott. And as you heard, you're gonna be, Rose is gonna be doing national broadcasts. Um, can you tell everybody again about that? And I'm gonna put a link to all of this. Hopefully we will have it out here too. Yeah, I think I think KQED is carrying it out there for on the West Coast, but it's uh, so NPR. So we're gonna anchor, you know, live, sort of like live election analysis. Now I'll tell folks ahead of time, don't expect to tune in and find out who the winner is because <laughs> we, we're a little slow in Georgia, but, um, right. you know, <laughs> so we will just have some uh, analysis and the NPR political reporters will join me as well as some of my WABE colleagues. And it'll be from eight to 10 Eastern standard time, Tuesday, January 5th. And if, if it's not being carried in your area, then you can always log on to WABE.org. Um, that night and catch it. And we'll also be Facebook Live too. So um, I'll have to wear a nice sweater and I guess comb my hair or something like that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Rose, I'll be, Rose, I'll definitely be watching and listeners, I, I, I hope you, you do listen or watch um, on, and I will remind people in, in subsequent episodes to this about your show and your broadcasting. Um, thank you for doing such an excellent job this year. Uh, in journalism and what you do. And I really am honored to have you on. Thank you for being with me for this particular episode, edition of the Politocrat Daily Podcast. Thank you again, Rose. Thank you so much, Omar. I really, really appreciate it. And here's to 2021. You know, it may not be easy, but hopefully it'll be better than 2020. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Conversation, information, and revelation. It's the Politocrat Daily Podcast with me, Omar Moore. Subscribe now and spread the word. Thank you for your support.
very special thanks once again to Rose Scott. Rose Scott, of course, the award-winning journalist, Emmy award-winning, Murrow award-winning journalist and broadcaster. She hosts the show Closer Look with Rose Scott on WABE Radio in Atlanta, Georgia, an affiliate of NPR National Public Radio. As you may have heard, she will also be doing live coverage on Tuesday, January the 5th, 2021, of the Georgia runoffs, the two Senate elections that are coming up very soon. To those voters in Georgia, I hope you have voted already. And to those of you across the country, please phone bank and donate to the campaigns of John Ossoff and Reverend Raphael Warnock. And by the way, this was the 300th episode of the Politocrat Daily Podcast, and I am delighted to have got that far this year. For 300 consecutive days, there have been episodes of this podcast. I want to thank you very much for your support throughout this year, 2020, and these first 300 episodes. Really do appreciate your listening to this podcast. And thank you for the kind words that you've said about the episodes of this podcast. There is more to come in the remaining days. Well, one more day of 2020 and also what's to come in 2021. The politocrat aims to be better and I aim to get better as well. I hope you continue to support this podcast 300 episodes from now. It's a special milestone 300 and it's one that I will say thank you to you for, because you are the reason why. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore.